This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. You are listening to Big Brand Energy. I'm your host, Sophie Wilson, podcast studio owner and coach to aspiring chart-topping podcasters. My studio started as a side hustle when I was working full-time as a digital marketer and I've scaled it from there where I was transporting podcast gear client to client in a washing basket to now having a beautiful, big, purpose-built studio earning six figures. I say this to expand you. My mission is to help you start and scale your platform by giving my unique perspective on how to blend marketing strategy with energetic and mindset work through both solo episodes and conversations with inspiring coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs. The term big brand energy means to make massive impact in a way that fulfills you. It's contagious. When you embody it, you'll feel your audience grow into fans, your content morph into sales, and your work align with your purpose. If that sounds good to you, you're going to want to follow the show. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Big Brand Energy. Today, I've got on my coach, Haley. Haley is a business and mindset coach specializing in guiding service-based business owners to become full spectrum authorities online and scale to multi six slash seven figures. Haley has gone from corporate hustler and lead designer at some of the top tech companies in the world to seven-figure coach in the span of only three years. She puts her quantum growth down to her unique way of viewing authority building, and she's now dedicated to spreading the movement across the world. And I have had the pleasure of being a part of this movement for the past five years. Oh, I wish it was five years, five months more so. And being in Haley's, it might come five years, who knows, Um, in being in Haley's mastermind where I've been strengthening my own inner and outer authority in my business, marketing, podcasting world, you know. So I couldn't be more excited to share her with my audience. Welcome to the show, Haley. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And, you know, it's just been such like a pleasure to watch even like your own like journey and like how much your authority has like grown. So you're like the perfect person to speak to about this. (laughs) Absolutely. And I really want people to get that like within my audience to understand exactly what you do talk about, because it's so important. And we're going to, we're going to uncover as much as we can within the time frame. I dare say everyone will be snooping on your profile, hopefully getting a bit more because there's lots to unpack, but I'll try my best to get as much out of you for them on their behalf. We're going to probably get into a lot today. Like I really would love to learn even more than I already know about your entrepreneur journey and also your view on what it takes to market yourself in today's like social media landscape because you've got the marketing background, which we'll get into. But first, I think I'd like to introduce you to everyone as the human behind the business. So if I was to have your fiance or your best friend here on the call, how do you think they would describe you? Oh, probably a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, it's, it's funny because I think it's actually such a uh, conversation that has been coming up for me a lot in my world at the moment around, you know, just fully accepting, like not being popular you know, just being like, I'm a bit of a loser and that's okay. Mm. Um, So I think, you know, they would probably, they know me for ADHD as well. Like I'm a little bit um, sporadic all over the place, have a load of energy. You know, my energy is is quite up down. It can be super crazy and then, you know, very sort of internal in myself as well. Um, Very much like just always on the go, like always excited about something but always doing it with laughter I think laughter is like a really big sort of like element of who I am and 
it, it comes into everything that I do and it, it probably is like my if I was to you know ask myself like what what is success and happiness for me it would be like am I laughing you know am I laughing every single day am I having conversations that like make me feel excited and expanded mm. and so there are a lot of conversations even about like really out there topics you know and that comes back into being a bit of a weirdo like I love ETs um I am fully woo on the woo spectrum I am like woo woo it is <laughs> the the train has left the station like I am fully (laughs) out there and um in in many many rabbit holes and they are the kind of conversations that like light me up in so many different ways so I think yeah that's probably the parts that they know the most yeah that's the real me yeah I love that I think as well that what really appealed to me about you was the fact that you know I saw the light-hearted funny and the depth And I feel like that's really hard to find in people. And I always recognize it. I'm like, that's funny because I'm the same. Don't take life too seriously. But at the same time, I am so like intense. (laughs) And I see that in you for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's always been something that I remember when I was dating once, um, someone said to me, you know, you're so intense. Like you just want to go so deep. And I remember when I was dating I was like shit is that a bad thing you know and I've realized you know from being on this journey like most people aren't willing to go there because it is uncomfortable you know most people aren't willing to have a conversation about you know their triggers their blind spots you know the 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 real stuff that's going on how they're feeling you know a lot of the time when people ask how are you they're not expecting you to be like oh well I've actually been experiencing anxiety you know they're thinking that you're going to say I'm good. How are you? Yeah. And, and so it creates a lot of very surface level conversations that I I find so fucking boring, if I'm honest. Like, I'm just not about that surface level life. Like, I'm about, you know, really understanding who a person is. And that's not just, you know, if we're talking about, like, authority, for example, like, that's not just your, your marketing and your collateral. It's a part of it. It's who you are, you know, and you don't get that from like a single hey how are you you get that from like a hey let's fucking skip the skip the niceties and get straight to the depths like what is your soul saying like what was your childhood like yeah (laughs) well that's it I want to know that stuff (laughs) yeah totally speaking of like have you always been this you know I guess curious about the bigger picture when you were younger has this always been your level of I guess quote-unquote intensity I think I was always quite curious um when I was young um, but I think I had um, and have parents that are quite stuck in their ways. So I don't necessarily think it was particularly fanned mm. when I was young. I think I had a lot of beliefs that I was stupid when I was young. And so I, I really struggled. I used to have a lot of um, social anxiety. And so my brain and my mouth just didn't really connect. So I used to, you know, you would find me when I was young doing art. You know, I'd be making something or learning to code, making a website. Like I had my first business when I was like 15 or something like selling you know graphics online and so I would mainly be found doing that stuff um I definitely was I think now reflecting back a very spiritually curious child um but that was quite quickly shut down you know I was um I used to have really vivid dreams when I was young which is usually a, a quite a opening to like the spiritual realms for example but you know that was really always seen as like a bad thing oh gosh no you've had another dream like what's it this time you know and it was very quickly kind of shut down yeah. um and so I think a lot of those initial curiosities and passions that I had 
because of the way that I was brought up and the kind of people that I was brought up with, like love them to pieces, but they just weren't on the same level of like curiosity and depth. And I think on top of that, we didn't speak about our feelings. And I think that's actually part of the reason that I'm so passionate about talking about it now is because I felt so repressed as a child, you know, like it was, especially growing up in the UK, you know, we've got this stiff upper lip, you know, you're a British, you're a Lloyd, you, you keep everything in and we don't talk about those things. You know, if something's hard, you get on with it. If you're feeling sick, you move through it, you know, and that was a lot of what I experienced growing up. And that was actually what kind of led to my first mental breakdown. There's been a few. Mm. Um, when I was about 23, 24, was that I had so much unrepressed trauma that I had never spoken about. And um, it led to me, you know, trigger warning, um, but becoming suicidal. You know, I, I had a lot of those suicidal thoughts. Um, and that was because I had never been allowed to express my feelings I was always the one that was you know Haley's okay like Haley's always okay like there's nothing no no one would even ask me how I was because I'd just always be the one that was fine Mm. and I actually wasn't I was never fine and and no one actually knew how I was feeling like I got horrendously bullied when I was younger and no one ever knew and yeah that's just like I think that's kind of what's made me so passionate about it today is that I have spent so much of my life being repressed and being told, oh, don't feel that. And I don't like that. And I think that's why, you know, even in like relationships and friendships, it's really important to me that I can say to someone, oh, I'm feeling anxious today. And it's not like, oh, don't feel that, pat, pat. You know, I want someone to be like, oh, interesting. You know, that's why don't we explore that? You know, not there's something wrong with you, you know? Totally. That's huge. And I think it's so easy from where you're sitting now to just kind of speak about that from, you know, kind of not showing the emotion of that. That would have been just such a horrible experience to have that level of heaviness to the point that you were going to take your own life or having those, you know, thoughts is just, it's heartbreaking. And yeah, it just, to me, I think about it knowing knowing the empire that you've now built, it just like, it gives me hope. And anyone, I guess, listening who has got that hard bullshit that they're going through, it's, it's so, I admire so much in you, the level that you do share. And you speak to this concept of polarity of being able to hold heavy shit and move at the same time, which I don't think anyone's having as explicitly that conversation about that. It's unreal. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, polarity is something that no one can avoid, you know, like no matter who you're coaching with, no matter what your beliefs are, we all experience polarity because the world is built on it. You know, like for every positive, there's a negative for every up, there's a down, you know, the tide comes in and out, you know, the, we have night and day for every, you wouldn't know the definition of something good if it wasn't for something bad. You wouldn't know the definition and the feeling of joy if it wasn't for sadness. And so no one can avoid that polarity. People try to repress that polarity and will often, you know, bypass themselves and be like, oh, I shouldn't feel that. So I won't feel that, you know, but what I have learned from someone that has experienced trauma and, you know, I will trigger warning again here, but I have um, experienced sexual assault. um, And as someone who has been, you know, through that kind of thing and um, grew up very codependent with a lot of these things, that stuff doesn't just go. You can't just pretend that that's not there. And even for myself now, although I've healed through a huge amount of that, 
I'll always be recovering from trauma. I'll always be recovering from what I've experienced because new things come up at every single level. They call it new level, new devil, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like no one's immune to that. And so part of being a full spectrum authority is being able to be an authority. Yes, but being able to balance the human side of it as well and being and feeling like an authority, even on the days that, you know, you're having a really hard time or you're being triggered by something or something's coming up because we all have trauma. Like we all have trauma, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, it doesn't matter. There'll be something that has affected your character today about, you know, how you've been brought up and we need to be able to make space for that. Cause if we don't, you know, it can lead to things like, you know, it leads to a much harder journey when people are building their business, especially, but also just going through life. Like it leads to, you know, relationship breakdowns it can lead to projections onto our clients onto the people around us it can lead into really unstable mental health detachment from your body you know and all of these things were things that I was experiencing before I really sort of like doubled down in this and so you know that being able to handle the polarity and create neutrality like in ourselves to be like a a hollow vessel for you know coaching to come through for guidance to come through is a really important part in my opinion of being a coach and a service provider because if we have all of this repressed stuff and we are taking actions and making moves and making decisions without any awareness of those parts of us underneath like it's just going to be harder like it's going to be harder things are going to come up and we're going to feel like something's wrong with us when nothing's wrong it's just that you're human and you're having a human experience but the world has programmed us and society has programmed us to be like it sh- you should be happy all the time and being sad is bad and it's like no it's not like it's just being a human you know it's so normal exactly and choosing not to feel the hard feelings is choosing not to feel you know the high feelings as well like you're choosing numbness which is limiting your experience and I don't think I know for myself when I've accidentally fell into numbness before you don't it doesn't feel like a choice it feels like, you know, because you're in survival mode at that point. And that's what I think is something I really, I talk about a lot is, you know, it's not your necessarily your choice to get into that position, to feel like nothing, to shut down, to, you know, be in survival mode, but it is absolutely your choice and opportunity and right to navigate out of it. And yeah, you have done that and you have, you now facilitate other people to do that. And it's, it's unreal to see everything that you've created. You actually started, you're a business coach now, but you started as a mindset coach. Is that correct? The first iteration yes. of Haley Lloyd? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, when I actually first came into the um, coaching industry seven or eight years ago, um, when I tried to come in and start a business coaching people on how to design, basically, mm-hmm. because I'm trained as a designer, trained as a marketer. And so initially I was like, I'm going to teach people to design, um, had all the classic problems, got the photo shoot, like did all the website, got everything perfect and launched to literally no one. So that was like step one into the coaching industry. And then I think I got really burnt by, I think the overly masculine side of everything. And when I moved from the UK to Sydney and um, my drinking got worse, so I, I used to be an alcoholic, I've now been sober for three years, when I moved over here, I quickly realized that like there, there is something more that like I have to look at, you know, like I need to, I need to heal this part of myself in order to allow myself to 
find who I am again. Like I just completely lost who I was. And so I went on this sort of like journey of, you know, reclaiming who I was. And that looked like becoming a certified coach. You know, I started getting, I'd been in like three years of therapy, didn't do a fucking thing for me personally. That's nothing against therapy. It's just, I hadn't found the right person and there just wasn't enough forward momentum for me. And so Mm -hmm. I found coaching. It was like a love affair. Like I just found it and I was like, wow, this is huge. And then found out I had PTSD and then got a coach for PTSD. You know, found out I had codependency, got a coach for codependency, you know, and it's been like all of these kind of like things that I was doing to heal myself. And then I was like, I want to learn to basically heal other people. So I did this life coaching diploma. I got certified as an EFT practitioner, as a hypnotherapist. And then I was like, well, now I want to help other people. And so I came on, first of all, as like a mindset coach and um, purely helping people overcome self-doubt because it was what I was overcoming. I had so much self-doubt. Like I had so little confidence. I was having panic attacks every single day. And so I was very much healing myself by coaching other people and by sharing my own story. Because I remember when I was probably at one of my lowest, I was looking, the thing that got me through was like looking at other people's like stuff, uh, like articles, like other people's stories, podcasts of how they survived feeling like I was feeling. Yeah. And I remember making a commitment to myself. I was just like, if I can just help one person, this will all have been worth it. And so that's what sort of got me into just doing mindset coaching. And that was, you know, for about the first year and a half of what I was doing until I realized and healed enough to realize, oh, I can incorporate some of this stuff back in and it's not going to burn me out again. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. So you, you turned to mindset coaching as the client and basically fell in love with it that way. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I just found so much growth in myself. Like I couldn't even have a conversation with more than two people in front of me without my brain going blank and having a panic attack. And it was, you know, I did improv classes to try to like shake it out of me and everything like, and it was terrifying. But Mm. the one thing that really did work was consistent coaching, you know, and making myself, you know, do things that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to start a business. I wanted to help people. Okay. You've got to go on social media. Okay. Now you've got to get your face on your stories, you know, and it's like all of the mindset shit that came with that every single time I made a move in my business it healed me every single time that something came up it got me one step closer to the fuller version of myself that I am today so yeah it was absolutely coming into you know that this world um was 100% stimulated by my own downfall yeah that's great and I think that's the thing like I think creators business owners whatever it may be it's the people who are doing it from that place of genuinely bettering themselves and using it as almost like a catalyst to their own self-development journey. That's where magnetic like is felt like that magnetism to that person. Cause it's like they're being legit and it's, it's vulnerable. And I think that's what connects because it's so true. It's so real. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it is just this like, you know, that's where the mission lives. You know, your why should make you cry. Like in my opinion and like my why, if I really think about it, if I really distill it down to like what it is, it does make me like well up and cry because it's so dear to my heart. And so that means that then service and mission is at the forefront of everything I do, which is why I, you know, this isn't just about money for me. Like the money's great. It's a byproduct of what's coming Mm -hmm. and I enjoy it and I celebrate it. But like the bigger thing for me is impact, you know, is like leading through my mission, genuinely changing people's lives because of sharing my story, because of being who I am, because of every single 
like step that I take could be the thing that like someone just needed to hear that like got them out of like a difficult place or a rut or and that's the thing that I think differentiates it and and creates this real authenticity with with which people share you know because I know that there can be some dialogues in this industry around like you don't want to be too relatable but like also you do want to be relatable because that's what connects you to people and I think a lot of people feel connected to who I am and and what I've been through because I do share it, you know, and that's not to say that we need to share everything. Absolutely not. There's, there's, you know, I call it grounded vulnerability. It's not a dear diary entry, you know, if Mm. you're sharing for the sake of, of just like getting sympathy, then that's not grounded and it's definitely not going to get someone to work with you. Um, You know, but if you're doing it from a grounded vulnerability place of like, this is integrated, I have healed through this or I'm healing through this and I can speak about this with neutrality and Mm. there is a lesson here. I think that's gold, you know. I agree. Has it always been like, has it always been easy for you to share that given that that's your mission or have you come up against like, you know, the, you know, the barriers that I come up against with being fully seen in my business and in my social media, I find it hard to differentiate the the difference between my personal life and my business life, you know, and I know that the same thing happens with my clients, especially being a podcast, like podcasting being my thing it's so heavily necessary to storytell and it's it's so hard to find that line of like what am I what am I ready to share and what am I holding back on and how did you find navigating that space yeah it's a it's a really good question and delicate to be honest like you know and I think this is where the intention behind sharing it is important but also being able to do you know an inventory of how you're feeling when you talk about it you know so Mm. for example you know talking about giving up alcohol for example and quite frankly I was a really shitty person you know for about three years of my life like I was not nice I was you know if I really go into it I'm quite embarrassed like about how I was because you know I was basically just drinking to numb I was extremely hurt like in myself and was just a girl trying to figure everything out. And she felt that being mean and and a bitchy girl was the right way of doing it, you know? Mm. And it's like, that wouldn't have been integrated for me to tell until I could talk about it from a place of neutrality before, you know, if I come off a call feeling shame, guilt, like I've done something wrong, it's probably not ready. Yeah. But if I can come off feeling neutral and grounded and like, yeah, there's, there's a lesson in this and it's just part of my story. Like, like I do feel with that one, for example, you know, that's, that's a place for me to share it because there's real gold in it. And, you know, there's still some things that I haven't fully spoken about because it doesn't feel right. Like I actually recorded a podcast episode last year in 2022 talking about, you know, um, what I've been through, you know, with the sexual assaults, um, and wanting to just claim that story. And I never pressed, publish because I when I really thought about it I started feeling guilty I started feeling you know shame and I was like oh this doesn't feel ready like it feels like there's another energy in here and you know it doesn't feel integrated yet and it was just a very strong like this isn't ready yet and so I never press publish and I don't know whether even it it will be that episode or whether I need to re-record it but you know it's really like an intuitive hit of this feels ready to share because I I have integrated this. It is just part of me. It's not separate to me. Like often when we go through like traumas and difficult situations, we create a version of ourselves that is outside of ourselves. And it it feels quite distant. And we may even feel a lot of shame and guilt. It becomes the shadow, 
right? Yes. You know, this is why they call it a shadow child. It's, it's in the shadow. Mm. And so it's until we can bring those parts to the light and we can be like, I don't feel shame about those parts of myself. I can own it with complete transparency and vulnerability that then that's when it's integrated, when it's in you, when it's not in the shadow anymore, it's in the light. And that doesn't mean that like shadow aspects of that won't come up for me again, but I can talk about it and not be like, I'm a shit person. You know, this is something to do with me. And like, I'm so embarrassed of that part of me. You know, it's more like I just get to own this part of my story. So I think it it really comes down to really starting to get to know how you feel in certain situations and about certain topics and starting to discern like what is like a yes this is integrated and what is a no this is not and that can just be like through talking it out with a coach that you may realize that but to answer your question um no it's not always been like easy for me to share this stuff um I used to feel feel a lot of fear around what my parents were going to think around what my my friends were going to think around what strangers on the internet would think about certain topics. Um, weirdly, spirituality was like a really big one. I feel I that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So strange, yeah. isn't it? I think it's because, and you come from like the corporate background as well and having that professional backing and then suddenly, you know, you've started your own business and they're all woo woo and I have the same thing. And I actually, it wasn't until I started working with you till I changed the podcast intro to incorporate <laughs> like the fact that yeah. I'm a spiritual person and, and actually made that integration. So it's interesting. I have the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sophie, I think we're pretty similar, to be honest, like based on like a lot of the conversations that we've had, we've come from a very similar places. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I think, I think it's really it's, you know, spirituality is a it's a weird one because it's definitely trending. Like it's definitely something that's coming more mainstream, but it's still it's still taboo to talk about. And, yeah. you know, there's so many different beliefs and, so you know, you don't want to offend anyone. And then, you know, if you've got a, a family or a father like mine which is you know science 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 you know and you have that relationship where you just want their approval more than anything in the world and their love it's going to feel hard to share that story if it's something that they radically disagree with and that that was you know a really big thing for me was like am I going to lose the respect of my father am I going to lose the respect of my friends if I talk about these things that I've never spoken about before am I going to come across as an imposter you know and it's like what I kind of realized was, you know, spirituality can be a personal journey for me and I get to sort of like integrate this as I go, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm leaning more and more into it as I go. But it is for a lot of people, I think, a difficult topic, as you say, especially because if you come from the corporate world, you don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What do you think the link is on, since we're here, like on the spiritual path, like the, you know, our spiritual purpose while we're here and you know, business, what do you see that link as? So this really actually feeds into what we were talking about before with like traumas and healing ourselves. So in my opinion, like healing yourself is a spiritual experience. It's a spiritual evolution. And, you know, from a spiritual perspective, you know, what we are ultimately doing in every life that we live. And I do just want to preface, I am speaking through my opinions on things. These are my beliefs. That doesn't mean that you have to take them on, but this is what I believe. Mm. Um, You know, have multiple lives and every single time we have a different life we are learning something new for our soul and when we're in that soul we can either choose to heal those things 
And then when we choose to heal those things, we ascend essentially into, you know, it may be that the next life that we have, we karmically will have an easier life. Whereas if you do a lot of things and you don't heal, then karmically you can get caught in this loop of repeating very similar patterns and lives over and over again. And so earth can sometimes feel like a bit of a prison for some people because they get trapped in these loops when no one's healing and you just get stuck, you know? So part of the spiritual evolution um, that we go on is healing ourselves so that we can become a clear vessel. Um, I've been recently learning about shamanic practices. So I'm doing um, a one month um, certification to become a um, shamanic practitioner. Um, and that just basically means that we're using spirit guides to um, help you heal inner and it's very somatic. It's all in the body and everything. But, you know, a big part of that is basically they call it being a hollow bone and a hollow bone uh, is what I describe as neutrality is we are creating this space for then the divine to basically throw, flow through us. And when we are creating that space for the divine to throw, flow through us, it means that we are creating things that are being channeled directly from source that are meant for us that are in the highest service of our power. And they are coming from a place of unconditional love. So if you have a lot of this ego and trauma that is like clouding it and you are not a hollow bone when you're creating, then you'll create more things out of ego, out of shoulds, out of have tos and you end up creating something that isn't as aligned and so then a lot of people you know they build these huge businesses and then they're like I'm deeply unhappy and now I need to change everything and you know that tells me that they haven't they haven't become the hollow bone they aren't fully neutral for the the real guidance and the divine to sort of flow through so you know it is it is a process but I believe that you know business is like such a vessel of healing it's such a shortcut to spiritual evolution in my opinion because you are going to experience things that you will never experience anywhere else you know like you're rejected almost daily you know you you experience all of these um you know judgments from people online that you're constantly having to navigate through at loads of different levels and it's like a catalyst for spiritual growth in my opinion to become that hollow bone so that then you can just be a channel for whatever it is that you are meant to be doing, you know, and it will be potent. It will be clear. It becomes easier because the more hollow you become and the more neutral you become, the easier things slot into place. So often if things are feeling like a push, if things are feeling like, Oh, this feels really hard. It's because there's so much ego and programming and shadow involved in the creation process. And so the more that we clear that out, the more that then we're just creating and it's just easy. That's when money flows. That's when creation flows. That's when people are just attracted to you. You're, you're building your business in the way that feels right for you. And it becomes a completely like spiritual journey in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. It does. And it's just, it's exactly what I talk about all the time because I think, you know, you know what I believe in terms of like having that long form piece of content as a key part of your business allows you to be pushed to your edge of expression. So you get there and you feel a block and then you take inventory of it, go and work away with it, with your coach or with your healers or with your therapist. And then you come back and you're able to express. And that's when, yeah, I guess magnetism or big brain energy is felt because you have cleared it. And so you have cleared the channel for other people to come to you as well. It's exactly what I believe. Yeah, Shocker. exactly. And, we you know, agree. This is where, <laughs> yeah, totally. And I mean, even money is like deeply entrenched in this, you know, our relationship to money, which I think is another huge thing that is so prevalent in this industry is like, you know, 
money is a massive part of what we do you know it's just an energy but like so we have so much trauma from like society from where we grew up in from the families we grew up in that tells us what we can and can't earn and what we can and can't do and you know money is a really big part of you know the healing journey of the spiritual you know because we we deserve to be compensated for what we're doing and it's an exchange of energy and it's like we can only if we want to hold big wealth we have to heal the body we have to heal the nervous system you know in order to hold more wealth and you literally with just bypassing how you're feeling or like a lot of spiritual communities do they're just like just meditate through it and you know you just like are told to just sort of you just shouldn't feel like that. Just get back to being happy. And just, and it's like, we don't need to be high vibe to make money. No, you know, we just need to believe in ourselves. You know, being high vibe is bypassing what you're feeling. You should be able to have a morning of intense pain, like <laughs> emotion, emotionally, yeah. spend a load of time crying and still make sales. You know, that's the polarity of it, you know, and that's about your relationship with money and healing somatically in the body, your relationship with money. Because if, if we are just trying to, if we're just continuing to try to like do the same things over and over and over again, when it comes to money, say the affirmations, do the thing, whatever, we're just going to end up in the same place. And I absolutely believe that my quantum leap has, because I've always been doing this, you know, and it, and it was, you know, three years to suddenly get to a seven figure business. It's a short amount of time. And I absolutely attribute that to expanding my capacity to receive. Yes, I obviously have, you know, the marketing, the brand experience that 100% helped, but it was the combination of doing the body work, of being committed to becoming that hollow bone, to creating the neutrality, to become a clear vessel, to heal myself and to create a really harmonious relationship with money. Like if we can't create a, a harmonious relationship with money in our body and feel safe with that, we will repel money, you know? So I think it, that's another really big part of, of this as well. Yeah, agreed. Because for those who don't know, Haley has had like an epic first quarter. I think it was like 480K that you pulled in just between January and March, wild, yeah. so, wild to most of my yeah. listeners. A hundred percent. I think for quarter one, it was like 560,000 in, in revenue, which yeah. was just mind blowing, like absolutely mind blowing. And, you know, I want to be really clear that it's really not about the money. It's like become like a byproduct, but to be able, you know, I feel neutral in that. Like it just doesn't bother. I'm not like, oh my God, my nervous system isn't activated. My nervous system's not freaking out. My nervous system is like, okay, cool. We're holding this amount of money. Like, let's go. Yeah. I'm not grabbing for the thing. I'm like, I'm deep in appreciation. I'm deep in gratitude. And my body just feels calm, you know? And yeah. that is the sign of being a hollow bone. You know, if you're like hitting an income mark and it's like, ah, you know, and it's like, super high that's when often the crash can come totally. you know because it's it's not regulated you know and you, you, there's something about hitting that amount that's so deregulating even though it feels like excitement we actually want to hit an income celebrate it yes but not from a place of holy shit yeah it's so big in my nervous system but then it becomes about chasing the next high yeah because you, know? you like, don't obviously fully feel like you're deserving of that income if you're that blown out because it's like why are you shocked isn't this exactly what you deserve and there's got to be that energetic kind of leveling out I guess can you think of a time when you were obviously earning a lot less and kind of take yourself back to like a time where you felt that dysregulation in your body what was the income for you where you were just like okay I've 
you know, I've broken through the ceiling. And, and what did that feel like? 10K months was a really hard one for me. Um, and, you know, I remember this was literally two years ago, a year and a half, maybe even a year and a half ago now. I was mm. living in a tiny flat where it, the windows were broken. And, like, and I, I remember in winter, like, the windows were half open and it was freezing. Like, mm. it was a temperature outside, inside. And I was just, I get really bad circulation. So my hands, my feet were numb. I was wrapped up in loads of clothing. I had li- my little fan heated by my feet. And my flat was so messy. We had a dog and a cat. And I was just like, oh, my God, is this really my life? I was working two jobs. I was working at Canva, a tech giant in, in Australia, um, as a design lead. And I was building this business. And I was just like, I'm working so hard for, like, no money. Like, what is going on right now? Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, I remember making a vision board, which I don't really do vision boards that much anymore, but it worked for me at the time. But I remember doing a vision board where I put 10K months um, on my vision board. And I, I think I said like $111,000 a year because angel numbers. Yeah, love <laughs> and, that. And, uh, yeah. and I fully went into self-sabotage. Like every single time I looked at that vision board, I was just like, just like everything got less and less passionate and in the end I pushed back launches I just felt so overwhelmed and so like everything felt like a struggle and in the end I put that vision board in a cupboard and I was like I I can't even look at that anymore everything stopped working and I just really struggled to show up and like I just I started getting so fixated on 10k and I was just like what is this hired a money mindset coach to start doing some of this work and you know the thing that really uncovered for me was that I had a connection with my dad who, you know, for my birthday gives me a little bit of money as like, you know, dads sometimes do. And that was a really big part of our connection. Mm. And so I had this very subconscious belief, subconscious meaning like I didn't know that this was what's causing it. It was so out of my realm of like what I could see. It was so deep in the shadow that this was just not visible for me until I started doing deep like hypnosis and like this, this body work. But I basically realized that I thought if I started making that much money, it would kill the connection with me and my dad. And so I blocked myself subconsciously from doing the work, from showing up, from doing anything. Cause I was, it was so important to me. My, my little girl inside was like, no, we need to hold on to this. This is, this is daddy, you know? And it stopped me from hitting what I wanted to hit. And it wasn't until like I cleared those things that then I just burst through that ceiling and it kind of, it, it quantum le- leapt actually for a while. I sort of went 10K, 20K, had a couple more like 6Ks, I think. And then it like shot up to like 40K, 60K, and then sort of leveled out by like 30K. Like it was, you know, and then I had quite a few 30Ks. And then the next sort of like, I think big quantum leap was I went from, I went, I think I actually went back down to a 10K month in May last year because I was having a really difficult time, different, different story. Mm. But then I quantum leapt to a 90K month and it was just suddenly like from 10K to 90K, you know, and it's this work that I was doing, you know, I was clearing out like, what does this mean for me? Like, yeah. what is this income level? What is it saying in my body? You know, what's the, where is the lack of safety happening in my body? Yeah. Crazy. So what level of like, how many programs were you doing? Were you doing programs one-to-one? What was your actual stream of like, I guess, access to you to work with people at the time? So when I was, when I first had my 10K month, I was still a mindset coach. Mm -hmm. So I had my first couple of 10K months selling um, one-to-one coaching and a group program, one group program. 
Um, and then after that, about like three or four months after that, um, when I started healing a lot of this stuff, because, you know, our relationship with money, there's four main parts of it. You've got attracting money, receiving money, having money and um, investing money. And with attracting money, it's all to do with your relationship with yourself and like healing how you see yourself, like ha healing how you feel about yourself in the world so that money can be a match for you and attracted to you. And so when I was doing that healing, I was also healing this side of like my masculine mm. and healing, you know, the connection to like the marketing side of things. And so I decided to sort of let that back in, spent like about three months creating a program. And then it was called the Soul Strategy Accelerator. And um, I did actually pre-create all of the program before I launched it. And the reason that I did that was because I had a full-time job. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that people do that. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to feel really supported going into the launch. And I was just so clear and confident on what I was doing and what I was creating that it just sold out. Yeah. Um, the first launch was like 15 people um, or something. It was my first like 40K launch. Um, and it like came out of nowhere I was like wow this is huge like it's you know it was almost like overwhelming <laughs> you know yeah. my nervous system was like wow this is huge and then it was about reacclimatizing. so I had one-to-one -one, I had that program people could come into intensives then yeah it's kind of been like building on that ever since I love that and I've also heard you speak about this I'm not sure if it's been on your podcast or one of our calls but this idea of fear of success and this is something that I used to hear people talk about fear of success and be like I do not resonate. I don't get it. I don't understand. And now I'm feeling like, okay, I'm starting to understand where that might be playing out in my own life. Can you speak to where that was existing for you and what it meant to be fearful of your own success? Oh, I love that question. And, you know, more often than not, a fear of failure is actually a fear of success. And mm. it's really funny when you get into it, when you're like, oh, I'm scared of failing. But actually, is it really that you're scared of succeeding? So, what that, you know, in my perspective, what that means is like we have a internal reason as to what it will mean about us or what we will lose if we be become successful, if we achieve a certain amount. So, for example, you know, if if I start to become successful and then I'm starting to make as money, so much money that it alienates my family, and my friends, like that example I gave my dad, mm -hmm. that's the fear of success. Cause we're like, shit, I'm going to be ostracized and alienated if I get to that place. Um, another example could be, you know, if I um, start to get more successful, then I'm going to get more backlash. Or if I start to make more money, I'm going to have to handle my money and I feel overwhelmed by the, my money. Or if I start to make more money, I'm going to have more responsibility and then I'm going to burn out and I'm going to have no time. Like all of these are sort of like thought pathways we may have. And the fear that really is being shown is like, I'm scared that if I succeed, I lose something. Mm. And so that's really what it comes down to. So there's been loads of, loads of things like that. The example with my dad was, was one of them. Um, I definitely had one around, um, fearing like burning out, yeah. um, for a while as well. I was just like, fuck, I've, I'm working two jobs. Like, how am I going to maintain this? I just want freedom. And so I capped myself for a while because I didn't think that I could do this without burning out. But totally. that was, again, just a limiting belief. So I'm curious to know, like, if you don't mind sharing, like, what, where does this come up for you? Where are you noticing it come up for you at the moment? For me, it's about, it's this perception piece. It's lack of control of my perception, which I don't, I know in consciously, I don't have control of how people perceive me. But yeah, there's a belief there that I think, 
for me, if I was to say, if I was to earn more, like if I was going to triple my income and people found out, I would think, do they perceive me as like, I don't know. I would never think they'd perceive me as ripping people off because I think it's pretty clear that like the product I provide is or service I provide more so is of high quality. But I think that there's just something in there that, yeah, perception and how people would particularly getting more and more into coaching. I think everyone's got an opinion on coaching and it means that, you know, they might think that, oh, well, what are you even charging for? Like I don't, people's projections, I guess, and holding the fact that they don't understand and yeah, being exhausted. I've also felt the the fear of success in the, in the sense of burning out because I look at my life and I'm like, my calendar is like, my capacity is full now. And if I want more money that can, like in my head, the belief was that that converts to more work when in actual fact, you just got to clean up your processes and, and you can actually handle a lot more. It's just about actually working smarter and not harder and redefining what that means. Because I think for a long time, I carried the belief that working smarter and not harder means like doing less for people, doing, doing less in terms of your service. But in actual fact, it's quite literally about cleaning up your processes. Yeah, you know, 100%. A hundred percent. And I think this is where, you know, as we're talking about this, we can see the logical side of this. Like we can, we can put so much logic to this, but you know, I think what's really amazing about, you know, these conversations is it doesn't matter how much logic we can put to it because it's still, it's a fear that our inner child is carrying because it's not you today that's fearing these things. It wasn't me back then fearing those things. It was us as a child that made a belief about something. And that belief for her is really real. It doesn't matter how irrational it sounds. It's what she's feeling. And so it's just never based in logic, you know? And I think this is one of the things that, you know, often needs to be unlearned when people come into my space is this, you know, desire to want to be like, but you know, I know that that's not, I know that I shouldn't feel like that. And it's like, what we're doing then is we're trying to apply logic and the consciousness to that irrational fear. And it's like, we just need to park that and just be like, what are you feeling? Like, what's the reality here for you? So, you know, what, what happens then in these situations is like your inner child will start like sabotaging, you know, everything that you're doing. And she'll be like, maybe we, maybe we're really tired now. Yes. Take a nap you know like, yes. or maybe we just let's get overwhelmed and go and look in the fridge instead you yes. know and she'll be bringing up those kinds of things and then you feel even more overwhelmed because you're not getting the stuff done and it becomes like this vicious cycle so totally you just yeah, get the evidence yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so interesting I completely yeah it's such a powerful realization and all it kind of takes is the awareness of it like and then it becomes like yes you do need to heal those parts of you but there's a lot of power in realizing oh wow that's what's playing out here I'm gonna make moves despite that yeah a hundred percent and you know I recognize you know I think it probably depends how deep the trauma is for someone Mm -hmm. you know and and what part has like come online and for some people it can be as simple as you know I'm going to choose to do something different but I think that's where you know what I kind of teach is maybe a little bit different is that you know when it comes to these kinds of things like if it's really in your nervous system it will block you no matter what you know and like I see so many people get so frustrated with themselves because they get the awareness and they're like oh my god I've got all this awareness this is amazing I should just be able to stop now and then they get so angry at themselves that they can't and me there is this is literally me <laughs> yeah 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 initially yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like such a misconception here that like we should just be able to think ourselves yeah. out of a problem and this and this comes from you know a top-down approach so this is therapy this is talk therapy right yeah. you know you talk it through but if 
you know anything about trauma, trauma lives in the body. Yeah. You know, it lives in the nervous system. So if it, if that fear is really online for you, then there's no amount of affirmation that can change that. It needs to be reworked in the body and in the nervous system, you know, so that's what they call a bottom-up approach. It's yeah. working from the body and then into the mind. So you use a combination of both of them. But, you know, for anyone that that is, you know, sitting there and thinking shit maybe I do have a fear of success and and you know I've got the awareness now it may not just happen if that happens to you incredible and you know Sophie if that happens to you incredible I'm so excited and if it doesn't it's so fine like it's so fine and it's actually more normal because trauma lives in the body there's a brilliant book called the body keeps score that I recommend if anyone is interested they read because it sort of goes into the science behind a lot of this but you know our medical system is failing us because they are not show- they are not leading with this you know like everything every diagnosis that we get sorry complete kind of sidetrack here of every diagnosis that you know sometimes we get is is it's a symptom of trauma that lives in the body that's not been dealt with and the same goes for sabotaging pattern it's a symptom totally it's a symptom of something that lives in the body that we have to move from the body yeah i credit my entire like business life life as I know it to realizing that body trauma thing. Because I remember when I was 22 and I got broken up with this guy I was seeing for three months and I felt like the worst I've ever felt. Like I was not well, my heart was broken. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, Sophie, you have dealt with worse. What is going on? And that's when I went and saw my first healer and I still work with her religiously now but she basically asked the body what was going on and it was in fact nothing to do with this guy and everything to do with the fact that the emotions I felt when my mum like it died so like and all of that unprocessed trauma it just had a channel of coming out and it was when I realized that I was like wow it really is completely yeah awareness because I've always been self-aware always been pretty strong I guess in the mind and people would just you know, not, I I don't know, like give me a pat on the back for it. But the reality was it's like, yeah, I'm strong, but I'm also a bit numb and yeah, I'm not feeling like connected at all, but you need to like go to the root cause of these things. Otherwise you're not going to be able to go as far. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, there's so many, I mean, I've just spent, um, 10 days. So it's it's part one of this one month somatic shamanic um, practitioner training. Mm. And in that we are, it's all somatic, meaning it's in the body. We're removing entities. We're removing alien attachments. We're removing uh, like, because a lot of these things as well, like when we have a trauma, sometimes it basically leaves room for something else to come in and attach itself to us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had, when I was younger, I had an ectopic pregnancy and from that moment, an ectopic pregnancy is basically where you get pregnant, but the baby starts to grow or the fetus starts to grow in the fallopian tube. Yes, so we have right. two fallopian tubes. And so if the baby grows um, a little bit too much, then the fallopian tube can rupture and then you can lose your tube. Oh, wow. And so then you, know, you, you, you can bleed out in about an hour if that's not caught. Mm. And so when I was younger, I had an ectopic pregnancy, um, very traumatic time of my life. I, I wasn't, I was, the day that it happened, I was actually meant to be breaking up with the partner that I had it with. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was so bad. And I remember like I got on the train and I was like, oh thank God, I'm so excited to leave this guy. Like, (laughs) see ya. And then I got on the train and I started feeling really woozy and I was like, oh, it doesn't feel very well. And then it just, I start, I just got hit with nausea 
threw up, projectile vomited all over the train. Like, this is a, a crowded commuter train from Reading to London, if anyone knows, fully projectile vomited, <laughs> like, wow. over these people and then passed out. And I was just like, I basically got like dragged off this train. And the next thing that I remember was like coming to on the platform and there was like a crowd of people around me. I was like, what? And there's this woman and she's there offering me like a candy bar. And she's like, maybe your sugar's down, like have this candy bar. So I was like eating this candy bar and I was like, oh, okay, I think I feel better. Like, yeah, maybe I just didn't have breakfast, you know? So it went into work, you know, I was living in Henley wow. and Thames, if anyone knows the UK, it was like a two hour commute to get into work. And I went into work, and then when I got there, I was like, I feel much better now. And then suddenly I started getting these stomach cramps and was basic. I went to the toilet, and then, um, sorry if this is TMI for your audience. Um, they can handle like, it. Um, <laughs> yes, this is another trigger warning. But I basically started bleeding, like, everywhere. And then the pain got debilitating, and I was like, holy fuck. So they basically calls the ambulance and you know my senior de- the guy that was managing me at the time there wasn't any women so I basically had to like call him and I was just like hi look I'm basically I'm bleeding profusely from my vagina <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. I don't know what is going on and he came in and there's like blood everywhere and he's like fuck and I was like this is rain of fire for both of us but call the ambulance <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so fucked up and he was like freaking out and he was like really sure and just like having this like incredible reaction and I was just like just come down I'm the one that's bleeding anyway got on like got into the ambulance was having like gas and air and everything and was like trying to calm my situation down and um got in there UK hospitals, Jesus, I was waiting for eight hours, didn't get seen. And like, I'm just lucky that like, I hadn't fully ruptured because like, I'm sure that they would have done something. But anyway, they ended up sending me home because wow. they was just so busy. There was like loads of accidents happening. Send me home. I was still in debilitating pain the next day. So I called up the doctor and I was just like, yo, I am still in a lot of pain. Like, and I just got this download and now I know about spirituality, you know, this is what it was. I got this download of like taking pregnancy tests. And so I took a pregnancy test. I ended up being pregnant and I was like, what the fuck? This is so weird. Called my doctor and they were just like, don't move. We're getting you an ambulance. So they got me another ambulance, rushed me into hospital. I was having an ectopic pregnancy. <clears throat> and they basically gave me a choice because it wasn't to the point where um, it was fully rupturing. It was just partly rupturing. Mm. And so they were like, we can either leave your tube in and you just cannot move until this, this basically passes or you need to get your tube removed. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, I don't want to get my tube removed. So let's just see how it goes. Two months later, right? Two months later, still hasn't gone. I'm going in twice a week. I don't live anywhere near this partner. Like we had to like reconcile. I had to just get over my shit. And I was just like, I have your baby growing in my fallopian tube right now. Like we're going to have to make this work. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> and, it was just like, <laughs> and it was just like a while. Sorry, this is like so, <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> yes. Yep. Whatever. But traumatic. And traumatic. I was just like, yeah. I was just like, we're gonna have to make this work. Like, just come with me. He lives so far away, and I remember going into every single appointment. Like, it was like a forty-minute drive. I wasn't allowed to walk, so my flatmates had to like wheel me around and like put me in like the taxi and everything. And you know, I'd have to be wheeled on the other side when I got there twice a week to get my blood done to see whether it was like going down, and it ended up 
ended up not going down. So then what happens when, you know, it doesn't go down because it can't grow in the tube, um, they give you a small amount of chemotherapy to, to remove it, essentially. Wow. And so, um, you know, it's, it's nowhere near what happens with, like, you know, normal chemotherapy for, like, cancer, but it is a small amount, and all of the risks can be the same. I went through that basically all by myself and never spoke about it to anyone. And no one really, like, spoke to me about it. And about, like, two and a half years ago, my periods were getting really bad. And whenever I had my periods, I was feeling really, really depressed, like mm. so depressed. It, it was weird. I was like, this deep sadness was coming from somewhere. And so I had this um, spiritual past life regression with someone and we sort of went into it and I was receiving a lot of resistance around like going into it. And I had this like big yellow and blue, like just block in front of me. And he, we started like manipulating it and everything. And he sort of said, you know, ask it to transform into something else. And when I asked it to transform, it tra- transformed into a baby. Wow. And so this baby basically, and this happens a lot for people that maybe have miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies, where like if the spirit of the baby has already chosen you as like a mother or something, and, you know, usually it fully comes in, you know, about three months before you're born. But if there's like soul contracts, it can be that they attach much earlier. Mm. And so that, that baby had basically um, attached itself to me. And so every single time I was experiencing a period, I was experiencing the sadness of that loss. Like I'd never Mm. given it a name. I'd never like connected to it. I never mourned it. I never grieved it. I never even acknowledged it, Mm. you know? And so in that session with him, because it was essentially an entity attachment, um, we went through this process of basically um, giving space to that, that child. I got to grieve it. I got to mourn it. And then we sent it back to the light and I I didn't feel that level of depression and sadness around my periods again. And so, you know, even that, you know, our body's always trying to tell us something. It's always trying to tell us something around something's not healed. You know, there was so much pain and like, you know, I've I've had a lot of womb trauma myself. So Mm. I'm still healing that. But the body's always trying to tell us something. Totally. Totally. And you've got to be in tune with it. Otherwise, you know, it's just so, um, what's the word? Not worth, not worth like pursuing these, like following strategies and growing your business or whatever it is, even in life or anything, if you're not going to look at this stuff, because like, imagine how hard it would be for you to, you wouldn't have been able to create this like empire, these high Mm. cash months, anything, this level of impact, if you hadn't looked at all of that. Like that is heavy. That's big T trauma. Yeah, totally. That is big T trauma. I've had a lot of big T trauma in my life. And, you know, I I partly attribute that down to my six line in human design, which um, often six lines, they'll have the first 30 years we live as a three line, which is all about trial and error. And you are just bashing into everything. And it's Mm -hmm. really intense. And they do that. We do that so that then we can learn and heal in the next portion. Um, But a lot of six lines will often find they have quite traumatic first 30 years. And so... I put it down to that. Yeah, well, I guess that's it. I wonder what mine is. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. Have we not done your human design? We have, but I don't know what my line is, the six line or whatever, three line to six line. I only know that I'm a manifesting generator and I have an open something or other. Open. Oh, I want to know what you are now. Yeah, we'll look at uh, it. Yeah, we'll look at it later. Um, cool. Well, I guess we better start wrapping this up. Not that I absolutely want to at all, but... I think what I'll finish this episode with is we've spoken to a lot of what I call like, you know, establishing that internal big brand energy in order to cultivate the external big brand energy. Given that my audience is so obsessed, like I am with marketing and you are also a marketer yourself. 
is there something that you can say in terms of like building, like when did you actually feel that external, you know, big brand energy momentum start to, to happen? Well, not so much. We know when that started to happen, but what do you think? Can you look back and say, that's actually what I did tangibly posting wise or like starting a podcast or whatever it is? What was it for you that actually worked? podcast was definitely like on the radar like I think that was one of the first things that I did and I did sign a lot of clients from that but I think the big thing that really shifted things tangibly was when I actually decided to sell high end so start of 2022 I was like I want to be a premium coach you know I I don't want to just be helping everyone and that's not to say there's nothing wrong with that but like I you know, from the experience that I have and, you know, what I'm able to do and how much I help my clients, I just want to be a premium coach. And so I know I'm not going to be for everyone, but I'm going to be for a few. And I think it was raising my prices, elevating my product suite and speaking to a much higher ticket um, audience or um, target audience was the thing that really started um, making those larger months possible as, as well as all of the energetic work that I've been talking about. Like I have, I've been on a, a big journey of like womb healing and I can absolutely attribute like the, the big tangible growth as well to healing my money wounds and healing how I saw myself and, you know, any of those sabotaging patterns around like, am I going to get canceled? Which I, you know, I've been a big people pleaser in the past mm. were absolutely stopping me from being my fullest expression. So it's been doing that but then strategically you know it's a lot of what I teach in like authority authority mastermind it's like how to speak to a high-end audience you know elevating your messaging elevating your brand um and becoming that full spectrum authority so for me that that it was that moment of deciding I want to sell high-end and then making the tweaks to my outer authority and then becoming with my inner authority who I wanted to become and yeah I think that's when the big brand energy as you call it really started to sort of like take shape and there was definitely a a dip in between deciding that and and seeing the results and it was a very tangible dip but there often is a dip, you know, when you decide to do an elevation like this. And I think we ought to just give space to it, you know? Yeah, totally. We don't, we don't want that instant validation as much as we do in the moment. It's not necessarily work, worth it. And I think as well from a person who's deeply in your world, I think the thing I want to point out to my listeners who are, who are hearing this is like, Haley made the decision to be a high end coach, as she said, but she also made the experience for the client a high-end experience. She didn't just decide, you know what, I'm going to charge 10K, whatever, for an hour's work with me. It's like, I want to create the experience that makes this a high-end experience and people pay for that and then they come back. And I think that is, for me, as as the client, is the biggest point of difference for you as anyone that I've ever worked with or seen before. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And and yeah, that's a really important point actually is like everything has been a white glove experience. You know, like if I say I'm going to do something, I do it and I do it to a high degree. And that comes back to that service, you know, the why that makes you cry, you know, like if you are fueled by that, it will make making these kinds of experiences much easier because you genuinely want to help. Like I genuinely, I don't care about the money that you're paying. You know, I care about how are you as a person? Like, where do you want to go? Like, how can we make sure this is a fucking incredible experience for you? Totally. Totally. 
Okay, we're wrapping it up there. Anything you want to say before we go? Um, just that I think that you're amazing and everyone should get their podcast done with you. I've even <laughs> like up- upgraded my own um, podcast journey through yes. um, literally just this experience. Like I'm now recording on Zencaster. Thank you, Sophie. Yes, everyone. Um, and I just, I just love you so much. I'm so in awe of you and I'm so grateful for... Um, you know, being able to work with you. It's been so fucking cool. And yeah, this conversation has been awesome. And for anyone that is listening and is like, you know, I need to work on any of these things, just like, if you notice like a blind spot in this, don't make it personal. You know, don't be like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Just be like, cool, I get to investigate this this even more deeply. And like every single experience that we've experienced gets to be a gift. Every single trigger that we experience gets to be a gift if you get to see it like that. And so I think just that acknowledgement you know going forward of like really seeing the difficult and the discomfort as gifts totally and you can go and track down Haley by looking her up on instagram at Haley lloyd or just going and stalking the description because all her stuff will be in there but yeah thank you so much thank you sorry i just had a sip of water <laughs> <laughs> thank good. you it's been so much fun <laughs>